buddies and pals and friends. Uh, this is Ghost Emoji with your friendly neighborhood, Becca and Taylor. Hi. And today we are going to be doing a review of Annabelle Creation. That's what we're doing. We just saw it last night in the big theater. Comfy chairs. Yeah. Snuck in some water and candy. Yeah, because it's just so expensive just to see the movie. They've got to understand. I don't care if they don't understand. I don't give a shit. I take it all with me so that way, like, I don't leave my trash in the theater so no one gets in trouble. But I'm sorry. When they've got Mike and Ike's at Walgreens for 89 cents. And they look identical. So it's not even like... They taste identical. They can tell. Yes, that also. (laughs) Mm, Looks like a Mike tastes like an Ike. It's a Mike and Ike. I meant more the box, but yes, that also. <laughs> I like getting the box because then, like, you don't have the crinkly bag. Yeah. It just feels better. Anyways, what were your initial feelings about Annabelle? Um, I mean, when it was over, I, I really liked it. Like, it's an imperfect movie, but most of the stuff that I didn't like about it is kind of your normal horror movie fare. You know, weird pacing at times, kind of strain, like, explanations that felt kind of shoddy. Just a couple of times, a handful of times, like two handfuls of times that the people in the movie were just doing stuff that was so dumb. Like, I know we have to do the scary stuff or it's not going to be a scary movie, but why are you doing this Yep, kind of thing? But overall, like I thought they used a lot of practical effects, which I liked. So there wasn't as much like goofy CGI. I'm sure like they have to touch stuff up, but um, I was kind of excited about that and just... You know, I'm not a huge fan of jump scares and stuff like that, but they did have a lot of times where you thought something was going to happen, and so you kind of scare yourself, and then nothing would happen. And so it just kind of kept teasing it up and teasing it up, like a a Southern Belle's giant hair, just super big and full of scares. Very full. So much teasing. So much back combing (laughs) and teasing. But but that was kind of my overall thing. We'll get more into... The parts I thought were kind of goofy, but I really liked it, and I was, I would say I liked this one better than, than regular Annabelle, OG Annabelle. Yeah, I mean, I feel basically the same way. I thought this one, like, all of the, um, all of the kids and, like, young adult actors in it were really good. It was a mostly female cast, which I thought was neat. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it was really good. It was, again, like we talked about last night, and you just said the, there were some definite, like, horror movie tropes where you're sort of like oh man but i mean i don't expect horror movies to really be like artistry or anything so when they're not crap it's impressive especially (laughs) when it's like the prequel of a prequel yeah inside of like a a growing like horror movie universe the wan universe putting all his his stuff together. I was just, I was surprised and happy that I liked it as much as I did, given. Mm-hmm. So I guess if we want to do kind of like a general, just like a little, like a synopsis of it, mm-hmm. kind of say like what all happens. Obviously there's going to be spoilers for it. So if you haven't seen it yet, you're about to be spoiled. It starts off with uh, the Mullins, the Mullinses. Um, it's a family in like the 1940s. Um, Eustace and Samuel are the mom and the dad, and they've got a daughter named B, which is I guess short for Annabelle, which they don't really make obvious until like midway through the movie. But so, but it starts off with them. They're doll makers, so of course it opens up with him making these 
old-time dolls that I just have a really hard time believing, like, people ever thought they were cute or pretty because I just feel like they're inherently creepy looking. Especially Annabelle, like, the doll. I guess it's supposed to be modeled after their daughter Annabelle, which they never, like, expressly say, but they look kind of similar, and she's called Annabelle, so... It shows them kind of hanging out and playing like hide and seek and leaving notes and stuff like that and establishing that like this is a happy cute family in Idaho in the 1940s and then they are coming out of church the next day. Uh, I guess on the way back it, it cuts from the church scene to them on the side of the road trying to change a tire and stuff goes to shit. Dead, dead baby. Yeah. He's changing the tire and there's a car that's coming and the wife's like, oh, should I flag him down? He's like, nah, I got this. Don't worry about it. And he's uh, spinning the little wrench thing and a little... Uh, like a bolt? Yeah, like a little bolt kind of flies off and Annabelle runs into the street being like, oh, I'll get it. And luckily they, they cut away pretty fast, but there's like an old T-model kind of car like going super fast, faster than Becca ever thought an oldie time car could ever go. I was like, I don't know if they could go that fast in the 40s. I'm going to look that up, actually, now that we're doing this. Full full tilt, how fast can car go in 40s? We're here to make sure that you get the most accurate old car info. It actually looked more like a 1930s car, to be totally honest. Because you know how people keep their cars for a million years. Yeah. Oh, okay. Someone says, depends on the car, domestic American car, international Italian, um... This is an old Idaho farm town, so my guess is probably domestic. Yeah, it says basic family car built by Ford, um, could go anywhere from 70 to 115. Okay, so so definitely fast enough to run over a child and kill them. Definitely, definitely. Either way, Annabelle is killed, and then it cuts to 12 years later. There's, like, a little sad cross on the side of the road that says B, and a old, like, bus drives past it, a bus full of orphans and a nun and the father, who I guess had worked at their previous orphanage. And there's kind of, like, some exposition. A little bit sloppy, but not too bad. Basically explaining that... The Mullins have agreed to take in these people. I guess their previous orphanage had been shuttered and they were going to basically all be split up unless they found someone who could take them in. And so the Mullins have decided to take in these girls. There's uh, six girls and the the two that we see the most are uh, the main girl, Janice, and then her best friend is Linda, who uh, Linda's played by Lulu Wilson and Janice is played by Talitha Bateman. So I feel like last time we kind of went over like who was in it, but we didn't do a good job with that this time. Whoops, a doodle. Oops. <laughs> and so there's a handful of kids and, and they're getting closer and they're talking about, you know, I wish we were getting adopted instead of going to this new place and then you know if we get adopted we have to get adopted together because they're basically like sisters but they want to be like real sisters and I don't know I feel like sometimes it's kind of difficult to write like relationships between kids Mm -hmm. because I also am just like do I remember what it's like to be that age like is this how I would talk to my friends in this kind of cheesy way like one day we'll be real sisters and then like pinky swear and show our dolls to each other Yeah, the early stuff with them, I was sort of like, this is not how little kids behave. I mean, maybe little kids in the 30s and 40s. I don't know. I wasn't alive then. But 
Um, later in the movie, like when they're on the couch and Janice is like, you know, do you remember that time? And she's like, you know, nothing's going to change like what we went through together. I was like, that's pretty like, I felt like that was pretty real. Like when they were, you know, kind of making fun of something and talking about whatever. I was like, that's, that felt like genuine, but the early stuff definitely, like you said, was a little, a little cheesy. Yeah. A little, uh, <laughs> ham fisted. It's like, uh. Okay. Anyway, they they pull up and you're like, oh, this is the house of the people from before. And you kind of, I mean, I guess you get the feeling like it's kind of weird, I guess, that they would be taking in these people and they've got this, you know, dead daughter and the dad, Samuel Mullins, like comes out to greet them. And of course, they're all like very excited and he's like the flattest character ever. He's just sad dad. There is pretty much nothing else to him. He has a lot of potential, but this just starts his reign as stoic dad. A little scary, because he just doesn't talk. Yep. It, it made it really hard to be attached to him. Like, you feel terrible, because you're like, his, you know, his daughter died that he obviously loved. Like, they tried to establish when he was hanging out with his daughter with, you know, tickle fights and stuff like that, because that's the supreme way to show that you care about your children is to have a tickle fight. I guess. <laughs> I feel like they use that a lot, like, in just movies across the way. Like, kind of sucks to get tickled. No more tickling. Doesn't feel that great. Kind of feels weird. And you're laughing even though you don't want to be laughing. Yep. It's involuntary. Cut it out. Yeah, I I don't know why. Some of it is, I'm like, have you guys ever, like, spoken to a child? <laughs> Do you guys know what it's like to, like, be close to a child? Because I feel like you don't. Because that's not how that works. Like... Too busy making movies. I don't have time to hang out with babies. What? You guys, you know, that's how you love your kid. You just tickle them, right? Yeah. That's... They don't need to eat. Yeah. Go to school. Just tickle them. You don't need to have, like, a talk with them about, you know, whatever, or, or, you know, be interested in their interests. You just tickle them. (laughs) That's it. So they, uh, they're all getting off the car or out of the bus, and of course they do... Like, uh, this kind of close shot of the steps of the bus, and they show everyone else running off, and then it gets to Janice, and when she steps off, you realize she's got a brace on her leg, um, because she had the polio, and so she's got a paralyzed leg, and so she's got, like, a little cane, and she's got her brace on her leg, and it seems like it's a pretty recent thing, and she's not happy about it, and I felt really bad because... The dad, Mr. Mullins, I keep calling him something Sullivan, uh, Mr. Mullins, like, kind of looks at her and then looks at the sister and the sister's like, oh, don't worry, she won't be a burden. Not like, what happened to that kid? He's just kind of like, is she going to be able to pull her weight? Without even saying anything, he just kind of stares at her and the sister, I guess, takes from that that he's worried about it and he doesn't correct her. He's not like, no, I was just thinking, you know, that sucks. No, apparently he was just being like, I took in this kid who can't even walk that good. Yeah, it didn't. I I was sort of confused by that. And it made me not like him very much at the beginning. And then afterwards, I was like, I don't see why he would have a problem with it. Because it's not like the kids had to do chores or anything, really, like that I saw. It was just sort of them living there and doing stuff and hanging out. So I was a little confused Mm -hmm. as to why he would be like, what? What's up with that? I don't know. Maybe it's because he knew. I don't know. I really don't know why, what he, what that thought process was. I don't mm-hmm. know. Well, especially since, as we find out, after they get into the house and they're, um, they're kind of like walking around and being like, oh, this place is so giant. It's great. Oh, my God. And then they get to the stairs 
and you know they're about to like go upstairs and I guess see where their um their rooms and stuff are. The sister that with them is with them is Sister Charlotte, who's played by Stephanie Sigmund is a uh she's like oh is there any way that me and Janice can like have a room or something downstairs you know kind of being like well it's hard for her to go up and down the stairs because of her leg and he kind of like just kind of stares at her for a second kind of you know I got this feeling of like ugh, you said this wasn't going to be a burden but I'm again like inferring that because he doesn't say like hardly anything but then he like turns and he's like I installed this because my wife can't walk so good or whatever and there's like a built-in like chair on the stairs that goes up and down you know like a, a mechanical chair so it's mm-hmm. it's no problem at all and I don't know I just I felt like having this thing like you know he built for his wife and having it like be useful again and being able to help I just I really wanted him to like be trying to connect with these kids like even if he had come across creepy in that way like trying too hard would have endeared me more than him just being like, Bleh. why did I let these children in my house? But I don't know why, because I'm going to act like I hate it every second of the day. Yeah, that didn't really make a whole lot of sense. That was one of the major holes where I was like, what? You'd think that he would, I don't know. <laughs> I guess it was just to kind of throw us off and make us wonder if like he and his wife were insidious or something. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah, because we don't see his wife for for a while and he's like oh our room's down here my wife's not well she had an accident you know so she stays in her room most of the time which you know I, I thought was kind of a good setup just because then you're like you know is she still there like did she have an accident or is she just like like a psycho type thing where it's just going to be like her mummy in there later yeah that was but so they go upstairs and they're all looking at their rooms and there's a room with four beds in it and so the two oldest girls, Nancy and Carol, and then the two youngest girls who they name them, but they don't like, they're there, but they don't really do a whole lot. I think their names are Kate and Tierney. Yeah. Who, I mean, they're in the movie, but they don't really talk a whole lot. They're just kind of established as like the two younger girls and that's kind of their, their thing. But I did think it was sweet that the two older girls like wanted to have a room with the two youngest, but they didn't even... They didn't make it seem like we want to, like, watch over them and take care of them. It just seemed like we don't want a room with you two. You got to go find somewhere else to sleep kind of thing. Yeah, that was a little strange. I was like, what? What's wrong with them? Why do we not like half of them? Especially since, like, Linda was a little, like, I guess you could construe her as, like, a little obnoxious, but just because she's excitable. But mm-hmm. otherwise, I was like, they're both just kids i don't know yeah i don't know i guess i feel like you know i don't know how old they were supposed to be but i felt like they would have wanted to not room with the youngest kids it would have made more sense if there had been like four girls that were older who didn't want to hang out with two you know prepubescent girls either way they basically get banished to a creepy doll room but on their way to it janice stops by a door that has like you know like the height marks that you do when you're growing up and everything and starts to try and open the door and then sad dad like puts his hand on it does like a little minor jump scare being like locked it's always locked goodbye (laughs) don't go in there i know i can't remember maybe he did like then show them where the other room was but it's like a creepy like extra doll parts room 
with a bunk bed in it. So not as nice as the other, like, very picturesque, like, four four poster beds and a nice window and, and all that stuff. But just to, you know, kind of establish, here's the creepy room. Don't go in it. I know you're a young child and y'all always, always listen. Just don't ever go in it. Don't think about it. Don't worry about it. So creepy. And then I'm trying to remember. I think it then cuts to, I wish I had, like, taken notes, but we were in the theater. It's hard to take notes when you're in the theater. It's dark. I feel like they cut to that night when they're at dinner. And, oh, yeah. And um, basically they're all sitting around and the wife has like a bell that she rings from their bedroom, which is on the first floor. Mm-hmm. And it starts going off and he's like, if you'll excuse me. And so he goes in and he opens the door and you can sort of see, I can't remember if it's Carol or if it's Nancy that stands up and like kind of peeks in and she says that she can you kind of can see just barely through like there's like this kind of gauzy stuff on their on their bed yeah there's like a canopy yeah and you can kind of see that half of her face is covered by like this doll looking mask and so the door closes and the sister's like, Sister Charlotte's like, sit down, like, so rude. Mm-hmm. Does it cut to... Well, I think it's the the first night Janice gets up and here if she hears something outside or she's just, she's standing in her room at night and a little note comes under the door that yeah. says like, find me? I'm trying to remember, there were so many notes, but the gist of them was always like, find me or help or something. And so she opens the door and she like goes out in the hallway and then of course, you know, one note like comes out from under the the door to the room. I feel like this is going to get very confusing because they go into this room that they're not supposed to go into so many times. Oh my God, <laughs> I know. There's so many like different little scares that happen in it and I'm trying to like keep them all in order. But I think in this one was the one where she goes in. And it's her first time in there, and, like, you know, it's obviously a little girl's room that's been kind of, like, frozen in time. Um, There's a, like, a little tea set with some stuffed animals and a really creepy-looking monkey doll. Just, you know, all the accoutrements of, like, a creepy doll dead child room. Yep. And um, she goes over, and there's a dollhouse that has, it's been covered, and she pulls, like, the sheet off, and there's, you know, it's the, it's the house that they're in. It's like a very intricately made dollhouse, which I'm wondering if he's a doll maker. Like, he must have made it, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, there's a doll in it that looks like Annabelle, the girl. And she's like looking in it and a little door opens and a key falls out. And she picks it up and then looks around and there's a door with a key on it or a keyhole. And then she goes over and opens it up because... You know. Why not? Yeah, I mean, there's this door over here. But then I also am just like, why did they put the key to this door in this dollhouse? Like, that's something that should be on your person at all times once you know what's in there. Yep. Like, that room should have just been boarded up just from the start. There, We'll get there. Um... So she goes over, she opens it. As soon as she opens the door, uh, I mean, having grown up, like, in an orphanage that's run by nuns and stuff, you think she would notice that the inside of the door and the inside of the room is papered with pages from the Bible, which is never a good sign. (laughs) And there's, like, a crucifix up on the wall. Yes, good good old crucifix. And then, of course, sitting in a chair is Annabelle, the doll, not the girl, but the doll. Yeah, Um, the doll. Just looking... As creepy as ever, just kind of staring, not really doing anything. You know, she like backs up and she gets the sheet from the dollhouse and she throws it on Annabelle. And well, first she tries to close the door. Yeah, she tries to close the door. And it opens. And then she tries to close the door and lock it. And it opens again. 
And then she's like, okay, well, this is fucking creepy. And so she takes the sheet from the dollhouse and throws it on, throws it on Annabelle and just decides to like leave the room, I guess. That's when you see the sheet stand up and start walking. Yeah, which was, and like, honestly, uh, I, that was pretty creepy. I know like they do stuff like that in like paranormal activity and whatever, but it's just one of those practical effects that like you can't see it. And it's literally just like, you know what's supposed to be under there. And I think that's what makes it creepy. Like, creepier mm-hmm. than any goofy CGI or, or whatever. And, and of course, she's panicking and, like, backing up. And it's walking and getting closer and closer. And there's scary music. And then it gets close enough. And, like, it's kind of stepping on the sheet as it walks. And so it pulls the sheet off. And you're expecting to see either Annabelle or, like, a demon or, you know, whatever you've been imagining is underneath it the entire time. And then there's just nothing. It's just nothing. At some point while she's in this room, towards the end, she looks out the window And she sees the dad is, like, coming back from doing something outside. And he's got, like, a lantern. And he kind of stops. And he doesn't necessarily look up at her. But he... There's some kind of, like, acknowledgement that all of a sudden he's like, I gotta go check this room. And so it shows Janice, like, kind of, you know, hobbling to go get back to her room and get under the covers. And then it shows the door opening and the silhouette of the dad, like, looking in, I guess, to see if she's asleep. Yeah, and the thing is, I was like, did he not go into the room and, like, make sure it was, like, locked and all that? That's one of the things I just don't understand. I mean, I guess it could have just locked it back up, and so he was like, oh, okay, nothing, you know, nothing funny here, but I feel like after knowing what we know now that he knows, he would have, like, actually checked. Yeah, well, but maybe he was in They denial. could have just kind of to, like, heighten the mystery of, like, does he know that this thing is here? Was he involved in it? Like, you know, show him checking the room, like, you know, maybe trying to open the door and seeing that it's locked and, like, leaving, just to acknowledge that he knows... Because then it also gives more credence to this idea that, like, he knows how dangerous it is. It is because later on, kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but when he realizes that the doll has been, like, let out, he, like, panics and, you know, goes to, like, try and take care of it. And I'm like, if he was that worried about it, why didn't he do something right away? Like, he, they don't show him really doing anything other than just being like, don't go in that room. And despite the, like, dozen of times that they go in there, nothing ever happens. <laughs> yeah. I felt bad because I was like, just because this room has been quiet for 12 years, it's just because it knows that there's nobody in the house that it can trick into letting it out. Like, of course, if you invite someone else in, it's going to be like, these dumbasses don't know what I'm up to. Like, <laughs> hell yeah, I'm going to mess with them. I just, so stupid. Like, that was one of the main issues I had was I was like, you know... It's a fucking demon, and you still were like, it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Ugh. But, and this is where it gets kind of confusing, because, like, all of the kids basically start having interactions with this doll slash demon entity type thing, and, like, none of them are talking to each other about it. Everyone has this stuff going on, but they're all kind of, like, acting like stuff is normal, and instead of, like, trading notes on their their various interactions with this spooky ass demon it just i don't know i honest to god do not remember the order of most of these so i was just gonna kind of start going through the ones i remember there's the one where the two older girls say that they're gonna play hide and seek with linda and linda goes to hide in like a crawl space that's underneath the stairs because that's always a great idea yeah and that one was that one was pretty creepy 
because it kind of, this movie used a lot of stuff where like spaces would be like pitch black. And so you're waiting for something to come out or you can like barely see something. And so it's like you are focusing on it a whole lot. And sometimes it would it result in like a jump scare, which aren't my favorite. But sometimes it just like kind of unnerved you. And that I really, really liked. But she goes into this crawl space, is sitting there, and there's Annabelle. Yep. Just sitting on a chair underneath there. I mean, I guess because all dolls looked like really shitty and scary at this point. Like maybe that's why they don't care. Because I feel like if I saw that now, I would just like shit my pants and leave the house immediately. But they're all just kind of like, huh, how did this get here? I guess I'll just keep hiding while I wait for them to seek me. Yeah, but then I think she does a double take because she realizes she can see, like, the outline or the eyes of something behind Mm -hmm. Annabelle. And that's when it, like, yanks Annabelle in the chair backwards. And she screams and she runs out. Yeah, she, like, kind of, like, bursts out. Right as, like, some of the other girls are coming in the house and they're just like, what are you doing? And she's not like, I just saw a fucking demon. She's just like, oh, I I thought I saw something. Okay. And then uh, the two older girls are hanging out in their room, sitting on the floor with, like, a sheet over their head. And they've got a flashlight and they're, like, you know, trying to tell spooky stories to scare themselves. I don't know if they think that, like, Ms. Mullins isn't real or something, but they, they kind of are making her into, like, this... Kind of making fun of her, like, not being very nice about it. They were kind of shitty in general. But, you know, trying to scare each other by being like, Miss Mullins, like, if, you know, she'll call your name and, and you have to not go because if you look at her, you'll die or, or something. Like, just kind of making up, like, little shitty stories about it. And, of course, and they do this a lot in this movie, which is a tactic I I like... I mean, it's not, like, very sophisticated, but having, like, something in the background obviously be, like, you look at it because you're waiting for something to appear there. And so there's, like, a silhouette outside the blanket of the window in their bedroom. And so it's, like, it's lit up. And so you're just waiting for something to walk across it. Of course, they start hearing the bell that Miss Mullins rings. And then you see, like, a figure walk in front of the window behind them. And then I can't really, like, if it... Like, it gets closer, and they, it, like, pulls the sheet off, and they see it, or something. And, of course, right when that happens, like, they scream, and they're scared. And I think the sister comes in and is like, what are y'all doing? Like, y'all should be asleep. And they're like, Ms. Mullins was here. And I think the dad is there, too, and he's like, that's impossible. My wife can't walk upstairs inexplicably. I'm not gonna talk about yeah, it. Yeah, didn't, yeah. No more exposition. <laughs> We're saving that all for later, all at once. <laughs> in a 30-second, like, scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there was one earlier in the thing that we didn't talk about, but when the sister is moving into her room, there's, like, a dumbwaiter that comes out in her room, and it, like, slowly opens behind her. Oh, yeah. It's one of those where you're just like, uh, uh, nope, 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 nope. What I didn't understand is how the, like, demon was able to, like do stuff in the house before it was released like it would do the stuff with the dumbwaiter and it you know made the note and it did all of that stuff and i was kind of like why hasn't it been messing with them for the last 12 years you know what i mean yeah they there's so many things that like i feel like they could have explained in some way if they had just had i don't know they had a priest that came with them he could have stayed 
or have the sister like know a little bit more about like demonic possession to like somehow like throw out some some factoids later about like oh like all of us being there you know it was probably provoked by like the presence of you know like a holy man and a, and a, a nun and stuff like that or or something but they didn't do a good job of like establishing the rules of what this demon can and cannot do because like you said like it was locked up but somehow it's able to do all this kind of creepy stuff and and lure her in there while supposedly being trapped in this bible room yeah because i mean it was still doing like semi-powerful things like you remember we, we didn't talk about this but the first time you sort of get this weird feeling when janice is doing something is she's watching all of them play outside all the other girls you see the door they basically are showing janice's face and then in the background like oh yeah you can kind of see the door open and you see like the little girl annabelle sitting in the corner and then when she feels like a breeze or something and janice turns around and her her cane that she had left on the other side of the room is laying next to her. Oh, yeah. Which kind of like, I was like, oh, is it trying to like win her over by being like, take your cane, go out and play. I'm a nice ghost. Yeah. So I was like, okay, so it can like project itself and move objects, but it's not, it's not free. And it's literate. Yeah. That was the other thing. There were just so many things where I was sort of like, I don't understand what the rules are. I mean, I definitely could see like maybe if it could move little things or if it could do certain stuff but it was doing a lot it was doing like a lot a lot before it was released were there any other things like interactions that it had before the big one with janice in the middle janice goes in there finds the diary annabelle sitting on the um because remember she finds she realizes that um they had a daughter because they hadn't you know said that or anything she sees annabelle and the doll together in a picture and um oh yeah well, doesn't she she's she takes the picture she does well because um the dad has gone off to like get groceries or go into town or something and so when Ms. mullins rings the bell uh sister charlotte goes in to give her some water and janice kind of is like looking through and sees them and hears them talking about there's a photo of of annabelle on ms mullen's nightstand and sister charlotte's like oh what a beautiful picture and she's like oh that's my daughter she's dead she's like what a daughter and then she sees a photo in the hallway of annabelle sitting next to annabelle the doll and takes it even though I'm like, this is like right in the hallway leading to their bedroom. You think they're not going to notice this like eight by 10 of their daughter is... It's just gone. It's fine. Especially, you know, it's not like it's anything sensitive. It's not like it's their dead child or whatever. But I think that's like the last, the last big one. Because then um, she's got the photo and she's like looking at it in the dark. And when it's in darkness, Annabelle's eyes like glow. The girl's eyes glow in the photo. So that's not creepy at all. Yeah. When do they go out to the barn? When they like first, Um. they go in and they're like, oh, look, here's a barn. And it's got... All this creepy doll stuff and it's got a scary scarecrow in it. I don't remember. There were so many like little bits that are a little hard to remember. Mm -hmm. But I guess that scene, the main point was just to establish that there's a scary scarecrow. And Carol looks at it and is like kind of creeped out by it. And everyone else is like, ooh, it's a man. I'm going to pretend like he's saying something scandalous to me. But Carol's kind of like, uh, uh, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it seems kind of like this looks weird. Something's going to happen. Foreshadowing. Uh-oh. <laughs> but anyway, back to like the the big not the biggest confrontation, but a bigger confrontation, I guess. Janice and what's her face? Linda. 
her best friend. She's like, mm-hmm. we're going to go in this room and look. And I can't remember if they both see the girl or if she just finds the diary and then Linda's like, this place is creepy. Like, we need to leave. You know, having her one of her moments where I'm just like, yeah, we should all be like Linda and we should leave. I think she shoots the doll with that little, like, wind-up gun, and then the doll's head moves at some oh, point yeah. when they're not looking. And she's like, I'm gonna go. <laughs> and Janice, Janice, I think at that point, is like, thinks that the doll has the little girl's soul in it or something, because she wanted to read the diary, and I think she was thinking, like, oh, she's just sad, and I want to help her, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, honey, no, that's not what's happening, because she gets to, I think the last page of the diary and it's like i came home today and and that's i think when she sees this ghostly apparition of b in the window she's like you know what's what's wrong you want me to help you like what do you need and and (laughs) this was the goofiest part was b turns around and her face gets all twisted and she goes i want your soul it was so played out i was just like come on like that's the most demony thing like let's not play into stereotypes of demons and just how much they want souls all the time yum 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 <laughs> uh so of course she screams and starts like scrambling out and it kind of like grabs her leg and that was the one thing where again i was just like when these things are happening like these kids and people are screaming and being like help there's a demon there's like 20 people in the house and nobody hears it linda had just left the room and new creepy stuff was going on but somehow went to her room and like fell to sleep instantaneously the deepest darkest sleep she's ever been in and can't hear her friend screaming because you know her friend janice like runs out and at this point there's like black like smoke is coming out and like trying to to grab her and she tries to run in her room and the door like slams shut and then she hops onto the little uh like conveyor seat on the stairs and i'm just like buckle up janice he said it doesn't go unless you buckle up gotta be safe and buckle up and she's like well i want to go and you know it's getting closer and there's just all these scary noises and this like the entire upper floor is like encased in darkness which is super scary and of course she, you know, remember she's got to buckle up and then it takes her about halfway down. Takes her back up the stairs slowly and she's trying to get it to go back down. And then there's a long beat and then it snatches her up and she literally like goes up into the air. But it's like, where could she go? Because she obviously goes, I guess, like higher. There's no sound of her like crashing through the ceiling and her screaming stops. And then it goes around and intentionally like pans to everybody in their beds sleeping and showing how quiet and nice it is. Yep. And I'm like, how'd y'all sleep through this girl being accosted by a demon? I swear, we, I know we said we liked this movie and we spent the entire time being like, how did this happen? But it's hard. That's like half of horror movies is being like, how could that, yep. how does this work? I mean, you wouldn't have a movie if people <laughs> made smart decisions, honestly. Uh, and then it shows her shoe like falling into like the foyer um, uh, at the bottom of the stairs. And there's another kind of long beat. And then Janice falls from high up and kind of, like, rolls over and has, like, you know, some blood on her face. And you're like, oh, is she dead? Like, what happened? And then it cuts to, I don't know if it's a few days later or how long, like, if they took her to a hospital or what. But they, they bring her back and now she's in a wheelchair and it's kind of inferred, like, we think she might be paralyzed for good. So I don't know, like, if the fall was supposed to have broken her back 
They're not very clear on it. And she's depressed because she's like, there's a demon here. I know everyone thinks I'm sad because I can't walk, but I'm mainly just sad because I'm living in a house with a demon in it. And no one, <laughs> and no one believes me. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna die in this house. Yep. So then uh, she has some exposition with Linda where they're, where she's kind of like, you know, I, I felt like it was basically her saying goodbye because she was like, I'm gonna die here. Like, what's gonna happen is I'm gonna die. Like, clearly this demon wants me and it's gonna kill me. And that's what's going to happen. She tries so hard because like she tries to tell, you know, Sister Charlotte, which I don't I mean, I'm not saying all people who are Catholic or cinematically Catholic, you know, have to take all like demon stuff seriously. But she straight up tells her like, you know, you know how you tell us you can sense, you know, God, even though he's not there. Well, I sense something else and it's evil. And she's just like, no, that's just, you know, chin up kind of thing like you know having a good attitude will heal your depression and your broken back and legs and she's just like no i mean that part sucks but i mean there's a demon here (laughs) and she's just like oh why i mean i think that it's just the demon of you're feeling bad and you just need a new attitude have you tried yoga it it could really help i literally can't sister i can't i'm in a wheelchair have you, you know what you should try? Prayer. There's this diet. Chia seeds. <laughs> you eat only chia seeds and flax seeds. Bird seeds. And kale and bird seeds. And you grind them up in a blender and then you shove them up your ass. And that will help you. Also prayer. Ugh. Yeah, I felt like every adult was in denial mm-hmm. the whole movie, which was very frustrating, especially since half of them knew about the doll and knew there was a demon in the house and i was just like why are why are we all being so incredibly stupid it's just very frustrating (sighs) so they're having a little a little talk on the couch and this was the one where becca was talking about earlier that was actually kind of sweet like it was sad because they had made this pact earlier in the movie to be like you know if we get adopted we have to get adopted together So we can be real sisters because we love each other. And, you know, it was kind of like very one dimensional. But they have a part where she's like, no one's going to want me. No one wants like a paralyzed kid. And Linda's like, well, I just I won't get adopted either. And she's like, no, no, you're going to get adopted. And somehow they start talking about like how at their old orphanage, they would like sneak into the pantry and eat the chocolate. And the father thought that they had rats and they're kind of making fun of how the father would like pray and like ask for God to take these mice away. And it was just kind of, <laughs> that part was kind of yeah. cute. Cause I feel like inside jokes do kind of work like that, where you just end up like repeating a, a lot of dialogue to each other over and over again in funny voices. Yep. yep. But as soon as Linda leaves, they like switch dolls yeah. And be like, well, here, you have this one and you can have mine. That way we'll always be together. And then Linda walks off and she's like, yeah, I feel better. You know, we're friends. And Janice like lays down and starts crying. And it's just like, I'm going to die. <laughs> I know. I felt so bad for Janice because she she just like accepted her fate. And I was like, God, this is not fair. Mm-hmm. And then I think the next day is when there's the big turn. And this one, they... They got me pretty good. It's daylight. I did not expect it to happen in daylight. They they give you stuff during the daytime, and you're like, what's outside it's during the day? Sister Charlotte, like, kind of wheels um, Janice out and is like, no, sunshine is good for you. Now enjoy your chia seed magic Sunday that I gave you. 
and <laughs> it's gonna fix all your problems and, and get some sunshine and like she she's a, a a trooper about it and she's like oh you know it does kind of feel good to have some some sun on my face and all that and as soon as sister charlotte walks like out of frame there's like a, a moment and then all of a sudden she gets jostled really hard and they play like a really ominous note i mean the other kids are like off playing within earshot and then all of a sudden someone is pushing janice in her wheelchair towards the scary like doll barn where the scarecrow and stuff was earlier no one can hear her and it's really creepy because this was one of those again where like they they show you but they don't show you like someone is clearly pushing it and it's not like a a bodiless entity like they show it and it looks like sister charlotte's like habit and her outfit and everything but then when she tries to look up behind her, it's like eclipsed by sun, so you can't actually see her face. But it's obviously not Sister Charlotte, and they just like fling her into the barn. The door slams shut, and at this point, like it just sucks because like she can't walk. She you know had trouble with it before, and now she just can't walk. Period. And I felt really bad because she's like super helpless at this point. She still fought <laughs> really hard, which was very impressive. She did. And I don't even remember the, the full sequence, but it's basically her like kind of scrambling around trying to get away from this presence, this demon. Um, I can't remember if you actually see it at this point. Because I know you see part of it because she, she gets knocked really hard against like some boards and then she scrambles away and is underneath like kind of like a step. Because it's like a multi-layer barn or multi-level barn. Mm -hmm. Ugh, this part I really hated because I hate crawling stuff. But it shows her kind of like scanning and she thinks something is walking above her. She looks forward and there's like this, it looks like a, like a old dusty bag of potatoes or something. It just looked like a bag. And so I wasn't that scared of it. And then it's not a bag. It's a scary child demon. And it like scrambles at her. And it's a very quick, like, very fast sequence. Crawls on top of Janice's chest and, like, vomits black stuff into Janice's mouth. Which I feel like is pretty clearly, like, you've been possessed. What's up? And it was just, ugh, the crawling. I hate crawling stuff. And so I guess at this point they heard some kind of screaming. Like, not enough to come check on her before she was thrown into the barn, but enough to be like, nope. where's Janice? And they come over and they open the door and they're like, Janice, what are you doing in here? And she's back in her little thing, her wheelchair. And she kind of turns around and she's got that signature I've been possessed look where she's kind of got like <laughs> dark circles under her eyes and like no color in her lips. And she's like, I'm fine. I'm so excited to be here with y'all tonight. I just <laughs> couldn't get out of the barn. Uh, I got locked in. Uh, and then her friend Linda, of course, looks at her and, and immediately is like, something's up. Which, I feel like they had to be pretty good friends. Like, if I had been possessed, do you think you'd be able to look into my beautiful brown eyes and and tell immediately? I feel like I would because I feel like they'd be trying to do... There are just so many like weird little things that you do. That I don't think the demon would know about unless it had been, like, watching you. And even if it did, I imagine it would be at the wrong beats. <laughs> so I I think I would be able to look at you and be like, something's not right. It might take me a little while or I'd have to say something and you'd have to respond weird. And then I'd be like, mm, are you possessed? Because, I mean, that's happened between Ryan and I before. You remember that time? I don't remember what he said, but I was like, are you Ryan? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> are you 
Are you sure? Say something only Ryan would know. <laughs> yeah, I said that. <laughs> <laughs> tell me something only Ryan would know. Yeah. So, do you think you could tell if I had been possessed? Honestly, I don't know. I, I, I mean, there's not anything about you that's, like, inherently demonic, so I'm not saying that, like, your behavior wouldn't be altered. I'm just wondering, like, I just can't think of a situation where I guess you would be somewhere where you would get possessed. Which would then be my downfall, because I would be like, Becca, we're not cool enough to get possessed. This isn't something that happens. I am prime real estate. I do not go outside. <laughs> People would not realize that I was possessed for a but while. But then that's the whole thing. What can it use you for? Because you don't ever go out. So if you started going out, that would probably be my tip-off. I'd be like, demon, why are you taking demon my out to the club? <laughs> you know she doesn't like to go, go clubbing. You know she doesn't like lots what of people. What are you doing in this bar? Yeah. You know she hates the smell of cigarette smoke. <laughs> Why are you drinking? You know she doesn't like drinking. What are you... you know she gets floored by like a mimosa and a half. <laughs> yeah, if I am if I take like ten shots and I don't seem phased, you know that I'm possessed. I don't know what kind of demon does this. I don't know. Just take your body for a ride. Annabelle joined a cult, so I guess it wouldn't be that weird for... But that seems kind of demon-esque. Yeah, I guess going out and getting plastered isn't quite <laughs> the same thing as joining a cult. So, okay, it's obvious that something bad is going on. And so then it kind of switched from Janice being the main person to Linda being our, like, protagonist and kind of seeing it through yep. through her eyes. And, you know, she... I lose track of how many times these people go in this room, but she goes in the room and she hears her say something. Because I just remember they cut to her sitting in the doorway of her room and looking out into this pitch black hallway and she's got her little, like, gun and she's just shooting her little red ball, fishing for demons mm-hmm. out out in the hallway. She catches one. And yeah, well, that was really creepy. You start hearing stuff and, it, and I guess it grabs it. And the string that's attached to the ball, like, goes up in the air, like, up by the ceiling, right outside the doorway. But there's nothing there. Like, I don't know. It's, as much as a lot of the movie, like, plot-wise and stuff kind of drove me crazy, the actual, like, scary parts, just individually... Were very scary. Oh, very scary. And it's her basically, like, scrambling to the top bunk and hearing, like, footsteps. They used a lot of footsteps in this movie, which was also very scary, because... Mm-hmm. Just the sound of, like, someone, like, rushing up behind you as loud as they can. I feel like it's something you don't hear very often, and then when you do, you definitely panic. Like, if you're walking down the street and you hear footsteps behind you, never yeah. gonna not be creepy. And she, like, looks down between the wall and the bed, which, ugh, why? And, yeah. like, there are, like, footsteps on the floor, like, with pointy little toes, like, walking around. Ugh, just... Stuff just gets real bad. She looks down and Annabelle's down there, like, peeking up at her. And then, like, a black spooky hand, like, pulls it in. And then somehow she's asleep. I don't get it. But somehow. Yeah, she fell asleep. I was like, I would never sleep ever again. How tired do you have to be to fall asleep when you know for a fact that there's a demon in the bed underneath you? Like. Yeah. I don't. Your bunk mates with a demon <laughs> and you just fall asleep? Like, Okay. All right, Linda. That's fine. It's a bad look, Linda. Ugh. Just didn't make sense. And then I think it's the next morning, I think, is when the dad 
goes uh, and is talking to the mo- Ms. Mullins and Mr. Mullins are talking and he's like, I think something's up. Like, I don't think that girl just fell. I think something threw her kind of in, like inferring finally that like they know about this doll and the weird stuff. And the mom's like, no, Samuel, just get to know the children. Like, you just need to embrace having people here. Like, that's it. And then I think he walks outside. He sees Linda and she's sitting there and looking kind of freaked out. And he's like, you want to talk about it? And I was like, oh, we're finally going to see him, like, interacting with the girls and trying to, like, badly interact with them. But I'll take that over any of his, like, stoic Iceman bullshit. Like, I, I just wanted something and it was there. And pretty much as soon as she, you know, opens up and is like, well, you know, I'm really sorry, but we went into your daughter's room. And he's like, you know about my daughter? And she's like, yeah, like we saw her. And he's like, my daughter's been dead for a long time. And like kind of freaks out on her. And then she's like, yeah, we know, <laughs> but we found the doll. And he's like, the what? Excuse me? And she's like, yeah, the doll. Ugh. And he just like freaks out. And I'm like, you should have known, dude. Like. If you know the doll's bad news, I don't know why y'all just left it in that room and didn't have the key on your person or didn't, like, plaster up that room. Like, don't leave a door for people to go in. Just get rid of it. But anyway, he he storms into the house. He's got a crucifix. Oh, yeah, because he had a crucifix he had been working on for no good reason. And she's like, oh, that's nice. And I'm like, is he going to give it to her and be like, you want it? <laughs> yeah, I was a little confused. But Kids love crucifixes. Ugh. I know about children. He runs into the house and he walks past the dining room. And of course, there's Annabelle, the doll, at the dining room table. I can't remember. Does he see Annabelle or see the demon? I think he sees the demon in the hallway because he walks over to the doll. And of course, there's a note because, you know, ghosts love stationery. And it says, like, found you on it. Yeah. And then Janice walks. She rolls up in her wheelchair (gasps) and then stands up. That's it. And turns, and that's when she grows into the the demon, and he, like, he starts saying stuff, and he's holding the crucifix, and then the demon just, like, starts breaking all of his fingers to make him drop it, and then just, like, murders him. Basically hear all these, like, bones crunching, and him being like, oh, uh, oh, uh, oh, uh, uh. Yeah, the sounds <laughs> you make when you're being broken into, you know, a billion pieces. <laughs> a lot of pieces. Yeah. I guess the other girls had, like, been off getting groceries because they get in and uh, Sister Charlotte hears the screaming and walks up and is like, oh, I'm gonna go check girls. And she walks in and he's hella dead. He's all gray and scary and dead. And so there goes one person who knows what was going on. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to, you know, like a hearse driving away and, you know, them being like, all right, girls, time to go to bed. Like, this has been a bad day. I gotta go talk to Ms. Mullins. From here on out, it goes pretty fast. I think this was the part with the well. Yeah, Janice is sleeping on the couch and the doll is sitting there and she's been hanging out with the doll, like just holding it in her creepy little hands. And so Linda like sneaks up, steals the doll, runs outside. Like as she's running, she starts hearing like footsteps and then they get faster. And then it sounds like almost like wings are coming and they're right behind her. And so she runs, she opens the well, she's about to throw it down, and Sister Charlotte's like, what are you doing? And she's like, I gotta get rid of this doll, but for some reason she keeps holding the doll. I was like, just fucking throw it, just throw it, just throw it in the well. Finally, she throws it in the well, and then, 
like she doesn't hear a splash and so i guess she's like i better look down for some reason and so then these gray hands start grabbing her and like pulling her in sister charlotte grabs her pulls her out they close it they hear like stuff like still like banging to get out so finally sister charlotte's on board and is like Oh no, there's some kind of, who knew? Who knew? Nobody warned me about this. I didn't see any weird, uh. creepy stuff myself. It's fine. <sighs> and then, so they're running back. They get in and she's like, Janice, and I guess because they run into the living room and she's like, Janice, get up. And she pulls back the covers and there's Annabelle. It's just the doll. And she's like, we need to find Janice. And then I feel like... She grabs the doll by, like, the throat. And she's like, I'm gonna go talk to Ms. Mullins. Y'all go find... Janice. Yeah. And get out of the house. That's right. And so, like, she walks into Ms. Mullins' room. As soon as she walks in the doll, Ms. Mullins' like, no, get it away. I knew that it was trouble. I knew that the demon was back or some stuff like that. Like... Goes from being like, no, just hang out with the kids. It's nothing. To being like, I knew it. I knew it was this doll. All along. I never doubted it for a second. <laughs> it's just this the stupidest, weirdest thing. And then launches into this big explanation for everything. And this is pretty much like, I feel like her little speech that she does here is in, like, that's what all the previews were. And that's why I was like, I knew the whole time that they weren't, like, in it to, like, feed these children to demons or whatever but i just couldn't believe that that was literally all it was i thought there would have been more or it would have been in a different part of the movie but she basically walks in she takes off her phantom of the opera like face mask type thing and shows that she's got like this big grisly wound on her face and her eyes missing and stuff and she's like you know when we lost our daughter we would have done anything to get her back we would have promised loyalty to to any entity which I was like, so did they, like, sell their souls to Satan? She says something about, like, you know, more powerful than the devil himself, so I don't know if it's supposed to actually be Lucifer or, or what. It's just a lot of whatever. But they basically are like, oh, we started seeing, you know, like, ghostly apparitions of our daughter, and we were like, oh, this is really nice, and then it asked to go into the doll so it could be with us forever. And we were like, yeah, of course, you can go in the doll. We just want to have our daughter back in some way. Then I guess she's like, then we realized that it wasn't our daughter, it was something else. And basically caught on that it was just something kind of preying on their misery, which is really sad. But again, they hadn't built up these characters enough for me to really feel bad for them, Mm -hmm. other than just the general, like, of course I'm going to feel bad for someone whose kid is dead, and then thought they had some kind of way to deal with it, and then turns out that they just, you know, let loose a demon. Yep. Who's not going to feel bad about that? Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> so anyways, I guess she she decides she's going to confront the demon, which I was like, what is, are you an idiot? And so she brings like a crucifix into the little girl's room and, or the demon's room, I guess. And and this is in the past. Yeah, this is in the past. This is still in the exposition. And she walks in and uh, B or whatever is pretending to be B is sitting at her little table playing like tea party with Annabelle and suddenly starts moving erratically and starts growing because I guess it sensed the the crucifix and it grows into this huge horrifying demon in a dress and like in a little girl's dress and it's super tall and it like I can't remember if it I think she drops the crucifix which I was like good god why are you being so stupid (laughs) and it like slashes her face and 
takes her eye and I guess Samuel comes in at that point. He like had been out doing something. So he runs up and finds her. Yeah, I don't know why it like didn't just kill her. Kill yeah, her right then. Not sure. Didn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> also wasn't sure why she couldn't walk anymore. Yeah, I didn't I knew that it hit her face, but I didn't know like if she could walk, but she just didn't want to be seen like in public because she was disfigured. And that was just made up. But he also built the chair for her. Yeah. So it would make sense. I don't know. Again, didn't didn't really explain. No. They're like, okay, well, we've got this demon doll. What are we going to do with it? Not having half the trouble that they've had this whole movie. Apparently, all you had to do was just take the doll and put it in a room covered with Bible verses and have a priest, like, throw some holy water on it and lock it and you're fine. And then they were like, well, we wanted to bring these kids here as penance, but all we've done is just give it demon food. Yep. We gave it exactly what it wanted. Just, like, donate money to charity. Yeah, for real. Like, why in the world would you do this? And why, if you knew that it was, like, this unholy terror, why wouldn't you be more careful about where you left the key or or something? Just... Figure of all people, she would understand the gravity of of the situation, but instead they were like, "No, a, a key hidden in a dollhouse is is good enough." That's good. <laughs> I would bring all these strangers in and and don't really get them to trust us and make them kind of sneak around because we're unaccommodating. I also didn't understand why, if it could move right on paper, move doors move dumb waiters why it couldn't get the key itself and unlock the door like i just it was just strong enough to knock it out of that closet and and have what's her face be too curious for her own good it's all that 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 extreme team bible power <laughs> of the of the things yeah. like radiating in on it yeah. i don't know like it it was one of those things where i didn't understand why it was weak enough then that it could be trapped and put in there and kept under control for 12 years but then as soon as these people show up, it's just open season. Yeah, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. And that's what it is. <laughs> so I can't remember why they leave Miss Mullins there. I think, like, they hear screaming and Charlotte, like, runs out. Because, of course, Janice, who can walk now, is just out causing trouble. She's got a knife. Oh, yeah. She's threatening them. Yeah. Threatening the girls. Because they go upstairs to find them. And she's like, oh, y'all... I can't even remember her stupid if she had one-liners or what she said, but she's just like, you found me, and she's got a knife, and she, like, cuts one of them. They get away, and Sister Charlotte is like, y'all go outside and, and, you know, call the police or do whatever, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go upstairs and get Janice. And then when she confronts Janice, Charlotte goes in, and she's holding her crucifix, um... And, like, I can't remember if Jan turns into the demon or what, but I remember they zoom in close on, like, I guess Sister Charlotte's, like, from, like, her belly up, and then she's slowly raising, and then you realize that she's floating in the air, and she gets slammed against the mirror and is knocked out. And that's, mm -hmm. I think, when Tyranny and Linda both flee the room. Yeah, they run away, and the girls who are already outside are having their own bit of trouble because they try to get in a car to get away but of course it will like kind of start but it won't turn all the way and while they're all freaking out and trying to get it running the lights keep illuminating on the side of the barn where that spooky scarecrow was 
And it kind of is like turning and looking and Carol's looking at it and being like, guys, guys, but they're too busy trying to turn the thing. And there's like a cool strobe effect and you think that it's going to like each time be closer. But finally, one time it's just gone and you're like, I wonder where it went. I don't even remember why. Like they all get out of the car for some reason. I don't know if the demon showed up, but somehow um, the oldest girl, Nancy, ends up in the barn and she like looks behind her and she sees the door slam shut and all the other girls are trying to open it. And you feel really bad because she's like, guys, are y'all trying to open it? Are y'all trying to help? Hello? Yeah. And it's just silent. And so you can tell she's like, oh, shit. And um, the scarecrow is like pinned against the wall. And then all of a sudden it starts turning into the demon basically coming out of the scarecrow. And um, the lights start on, uh, like the light bulbs start unscrewing and like exploding, and the, like by the last light, she's trying to get on a ladder to turn it back in, and doesn't it like she turns around and then it's right next to her, it's up on the the ceiling, and it just like throws her down, mm-hmm. and then it's her like scrambling around. Basically, I feel like this part, the threat of having it be totally black was the scariest part. Like, just waiting it for it to be, like, pitch dark was way scarier yeah. than actually seeing the scarecrow or any of that. And she, like, she runs into, like, a side room, and she's hiding from it, and you can hear it, like, trying to bust down the door. And then there's a little jump scare because something behind her moves, but it's actually, like, a little flip window, and it's her friends being like, hey, it's me. Let's go. Get out. Yeah. And she jumps out. And so that little bit is over. And then it cuts back to inside the house, I'm trying to remember, I think it might have just been Linda. I think Tyranny might have been outside with the other girls. Because this is where Linda is trying to hide and she gets in that dumbwaiter. Yeah. And is moving around. And you're like, oh, this is such a bad idea. Like, either the dumbwaiter's going to cut you in half, it's going to fall down and you're going to die. Like, it's just a bad, it's a bad choice, Linda. And I'm sorry that you made it. I, I wish... That you hadn't, but you're here now, and we're just gonna have to deal with it. Yeah, and then she lowers her uh, lowers it down, and she's um, now in Ms. Mullen's bedroom. Yeah. Oh wait, we forgot about the part where someone comes into Mrs. Mullen's bedroom. Charlotte came back. I think Charlotte comes back, and Mrs. Mullen's has been like cut in half, and then. Uh, pinned to the wall and there's blood on like her little porcelain mask thing anyways so it's super gruesome and so when linda ends up in that room you see that mrs mullins is no longer on the wall and there's a smear of blood on the ground and then it's like dark and then all of a sudden you see her and she like starts scrambling towards linda and so linda has to like close the dumb more crawling it was horrible that was a rough part like she was killed in a really gruesome way and then also just using her like reanimating her corpse to crawl at linda was really frightening so linda goes back up the dumb waiter and it's like well the demon starts pulling her down and you see its little gross black fingers that are all like spooky and long nails and it's just so scary and um claws and then um she bops it with i think flashlight and it lets go for a second she keeps going up she eventually gets out i don't remember how all that works but which i honestly thought was a a pretty smart move i don't know why i would think it wouldn't work (laughs) i mean you hit a demon on the hands when it's trying to like pull something down it's gonna hurt regardless right i hope (laughs) <laughs> but I just, I feel like I would have been like, no, they're impervious to that. And they'd be like, 
surprise, you could have hit me on my hand and I definitely would have let you go. Yep. I'm just like you. This is why I'm so mad and demonic is because people just don't get to know me and find out more about me and the fact that if you hit my hand with a flashlight that it's gonna hurt. I have feelings too. <laughs> Linda hides in the closet or something. The one that Annabelle was in. Annabelle's in it. And then I think Janice finds her, but it's right as Janice finds her that I guess Charlotte wakes up and she- Well, because Janice has a knife- Right. And she pins her down and she's like, you said if we, if one of us found a home, the other one was going to go there too. You know, no takesy backsies and is going to like stab her. Charlotte, who at this point we don't know if she's alive or dead, pops up and grabs her. And I can't remember if she says something. I think she says like, I'm so sorry or God forgive me or something. Because I think she feels guilty because she's basically sacrificing Janice. And so she Mm -hmm. throws her in there and closes the door and then they knock a wardrobe over and then like Mm -hmm. glass starts shaking the whole house is shaking and you can hear the screaming and banging and it's really scary and so they i honestly thought it was going to be like a like a carry house kind of situation where like it all like just sunk down around it but i guess not but they all reconvene outside. Everybody within their little group is okay. The Mullins is not so much. Janice is still inside. And there's like a lot of screaming and scary noises and then the bright light flashes and then like all the electricity, like, you know, the lights on the barn, everything nearby kind of like explodes. And then it is done. And it cuts to, I think the next morning and it shows like police looking through and they open the little Bible room. The doll is there, but a little hole has been, like, blasted out towards, like, the bottom of the room. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no sign of her. We've looked everywhere. How far could she get? She's just a little girl. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, especially a little girl supposed to have, like, polio slash be in a wheelchair. Yeah. You know, it was, you know. Yeah. Reason- I guess reasonable that they would think she couldn't get very far, but... She gone. And then uh, the father, I think, blesses the house and he also cleanses the doll. And he's like, did not read the room, but he's like, they're <laughs> like, well, what about the doll? And he's like, oh, it's just a doll now. You know, it was being used as a conduit for the demon, you know, so it's just a doll now. So which one of you, which one of you wants it? It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Burn it, please. <laughs> And then it cuts to Sister Charlotte and Linda on the bus, which I felt bad because I guess at this point doesn't mean like since they didn't have anywhere to stay, were they all going to be split up or I don't know. Like it doesn't really say, but you know, Sister Charlotte is just like, you know, that wasn't Janice. And she's like, yeah, I know. Lost her best friend. So sad. Just kind of felt bad and just kind of shows them like driving off. and, And then this was the part of the end where... If you've seen the other movies, I think it was good. I, I wonder what it would have been like if you haven't seen, like, the first Annabelle. If this part would be confusing or whatnot. But it does this kind of real short little thing. It shows Janice uh, masquerading as a little girl named Annabelle. And she's getting adopted by this nice, you know, family. And they give her a Raggedy Ann doll, which was a nice nod to the actual <laughs> Annabelle doll, which is a Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah, which I think kind of... You see that and you're just like, how can anyone be scared of that? I had one as a kid, so it's just very strange to imagine it being haunted. But um, Mm -hmm. anyways, they adopt her and then it's like 12 years later and it shows basically Annabelle. Like a photo. Yeah. Yeah, A photo of them like right after they adopted her and then kind of like 
a photo progression, I guess, to show, like, here she is at, like, 15. Here she is at, you know, like, graduating. Here she is as, like, a young adult. And, but again, she looks really different. She has, like, brown hair. Yeah. Which I guess can happen, but I feel like if you have really blonde hair by the time you're, like, 11 or 12, would it go brown by the time you're an adult? I mean, yeah. She had, like, blonde highlights more so, like, from being out in the sun. But when you're older, a lot of the time you aren't out in the sun that much, so... I don't know. I don't think it would have been that dark. I think it would have been like a light brown, mm-hmm. if if brown at all. But Continuity. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> so it cuts to parents, Mr. and Mrs. Higgins, sleeping, and I guess they hear a noise, and he gets up, and he's like, I think there's someone in the house. And she's like, well, just call the cops. Don't like... He's like, I'm just going to take a peek. And he peeks around the door, and his throat gets slashed, and then... She steps in, and she's like, hey, mom. Yep. And then a creepy looking like 70s cult dude walks in behind her and basically kind of like pounces on the mom. And I think these are like the exact shots they used for Annabelle. Yeah. But it cuts to the shot of the main couple in the first Annabelle movie, the couple that was expecting a baby. And you see the light go out in the neighbor's house and the guy being like, oh, did you hear something? And it starts playing because throughout the movie, they've been using the song, um, You Are My Sunshine. Mm-hmm. And kind of like a look, it's an old timey song, and we're gonna make it sound creepy by playing it during creepy sequences. And they start playing that, and it shows him like the two houses side by side. Which, and again, this is the exact same shot. So if you see uh, the first Annabelle, it's him walking over, and if you've seen that one, then you know that he goes over and they get attacked. But I was just wondering, like, if you don't know that, would that last part have just been really weird? Probably. Or would you just be like, well, you have to go see the next one now? Like, is it good marketing? Or is it just kind of like the assumption that like, if you're seeing this, then you've seen the first one? Sadly, a lot of people don't do that, though. I mean, and a lot of, I mean, Annabelle came out, uh, it's been a minute. So it's (laughs) kind of, I don't know, a lot of the like teenagers that would be seeing it now probably didn't see the original Annabelle. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I guess maybe they'll go watch it. Who knows? Either that or they'll just be like, that end part didn't make any sense. And then not think about it anymore. <laughs> when we first walked out, I thought it was a little bit heavy handed. But the more I've thought about it, I've been like, well, I liked it because I had a thought going into this movie where I was like, wasn't the first Annabelle movie already the origin story of Annabelle the doll? Yeah. Isn't that already it? But this is like, no, this is like the origin of the origin. Yeah. And then of Annabelle. <laughs> and then it made sense why uh when Annabelle as a, you know, young adult that's possessed broke into the neighbor's uh house and whatever. Uh, it makes sense why she was like I like your doll cuz um hadn't she been the the pregnant woman had been gifted the doll from like a thrift store or some sort of something or another? I don't remember what. Her husband bought it for her. And I'm, I would need to rewatch it again, but I want to say he, she really wanted it because it looked like a doll she had when she was little, but it was limited edition or whatever. So I guess they did go oh, in circulation. Yeah. yeah. That made more sense just because in that movie, I, I didn't understand why in the beginning of that, like right in the beginning, um, Annabelle slash Janice actually like cuts her own throat and like bleeds onto the doll. And then the doll, I guess, becomes like a conduit again i just didn't understand i was like well this other person was obviously like someone from like a cult who was brainwashed and killed her parents which is very bad it was very bad behavior but i didn't get why that would then lead to the doll being like possessed again but this makes it make more sense because 
Janice had already been possessed that whole time. Yep. But again, is there no one else she could have jumped into during those 12 years? Yeah, I was like, so was <laughs> the demon just like content to play house? I guess it was just like, eh, this is fine. Whatever. Maybe it killed random kids and just never got caught. I don't know. It's it's just one of those things where it's like, so it has this insatiable, like, need to scare the shit out of people for, like, three days. And then for 12 years, it's like, all right, well, that was a fun, <laughs> that was a fun vacation. I mean, gotta save up my days. I'll, uh, you know, I'll really, like, splurge next time, though. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if you think about it too much, I feel like you can tear it apart, but... In general, it was a good movie. Like, yeah. Oh, I found out. Um, so I called because I was talking to Jordan about it. I like how I was like, I have a duty as a sister to tell my sister Jordan that this movie is very scary, and I don't know if she can handle it because she gets scared. She really likes scary movies, but she gets very scared. And I felt like, despite the plot holes, this movie was very scary, and I was just. I didn't want anything bad to happen to her. And then I texted her today. She's like, yeah, I saw it last night. And I was like, oh, no, I'm too late. I'm too late. <laughs> She's already seen it. <laughs> but she she really liked it. And, I mean, she's here today, so she's obviously okay. But she asked if I'd seen the after credits thing because about halfway through the credits, it shows a close-up of Annabelle's face and it plays the little, like, music box noise that they do in a lot of these Conjuring Annabelle yeah. movies. And, of course, you're, like, staring at it and waiting for her to do something. And right at the very end, she, like, kind of moves her head a little bit. And then it's done. And I was like, not impressed. Whatever. She moved her head. And then Jordan was like, yeah, but the other scene. And I'm like, what other scene? What do you mean? And apparently, at, like, the end end of the credits, they show basically, like, a little teaser for the next movie, which is going to be about the nun. Ah, yeah. Okay. Because they... The nun makes an appearance in The Conjuring 2 mm-hmm. and they end in this one very briefly yeah they're looking at like a photo and she's like who's the dad's like who's that person and I, I haven't seen The Conjuring 2 so I thought that it was like it was the demon popping up in the picture to look scary but again that's one of those things where if you haven't seen the other movies does it get confusing when you put all these little easter eggs in there because I feel like it's good if you can put it in there without confusing people who haven't seen it but also delighting people who know what it is yeah i saw it and i was like oh god it's been following (laughs) sister charlotte that's so fucking Uh, scary i hope she's in the next one i get because i really liked sister charlotte i felt like she wasn't super fleshed out but Mm -hmm. she was likable like i didn't want anything bad to happen to her at the end when i thought she was gonna get killed i was like oh this sucks is this what it's like to care about if someone lives or dies (laughs) oh my god But so I guess that's going to be their next one. I don't know if they've started filming or doing anything, but the next one's going to be about the nun. What was the teaser? Like what happened in the little scene? Uh, I couldn't find everything just said that it showed her. But Jordan said, I guess it was her like walking out of darkness. So which I don't know, maybe it was like the pitch black of the credit scene and then she just walked out. Or something. But she said that it made it clear that it was in, like, Romania. So, I don't know. I couldn't find, like, a YouTube video or anything of Dang. it. But it was pretty much just showing the nun. Which, again, I was like, I had asked Becca, I was like, do you think the nun was the one who was pushing her? Or do you think it was just this demon? It might have been. Like, masquerading as Charlotte, since it's apparently kind of following her or whatever. But So they're kind of, like, sprinkling it all in and trying to make it whatever. Like, I feel like this one is held together... For more movies versus, like, I know James Wan did um, 
Insidious, which I, I liked the first one. But then kind of by, like, the second and third, I was like, ah, whatever. Like, I don't, uh, Yeah, I checked out. I get it. <laughs> I was like, this isn't whatever. I got a lot of the same kind of things, though. Like, the things in Insidious that scared me. Like, the stuff, like, sort of, like, slightly out of frame or out of focus moving. Mm-hmm. And doing that kind of stuff is what scares me more than than seeing stuff, like, up close, like, right in your face. Because then it starts to just get kind of cartoonish. Like, you see the demon face enough and you're like, oh, it's you. It's you again. Yeah. <laughs> So what would you give the overall? Did we do our scale of five or ten? I don't remember. I think it was five. I think we did five. No, I want to say it was spooky skeletons. Yeah. Um, I think with this one, I would do... Oh, I feel like four is too generous for like all of the weird plot holes, mm-hmm. but I was also like pretty scared. So I would say like three whole skeletons and then like a grab bag of skulls. That's that's like, fair. More hefty, you know. Yeah. So maybe like somewhere between a half and like a quarter skeletons mm-hmm. worth mm-hmm. by weight of skulls. What about you? Um, I'm gonna use a different metric of measurement. <laughs> okay. Um, I think I would give it three full crucifixes. Ooh. And upside down or right side up? Uh, upside down. And then <laughs> there was so much upside down cross like uh, imagery in that movie. Like their front door had like crosses at the bottom, but then upside down crosses at the top. Mm-hmm. And I was like, did they not see that? Is that they were just like, this is a good design. We're Christian fearing or God fearing Christians or whatever. And I love to have an upside down crucifix in my home. Well, Upside Down Crucifix actually, and not to chomp on Geek Remix's flavor, because they were literally just talking about this in like a playthrough I watched, oh, really? but I already knew it. But Upside Down Crucifix, it's Peter's Crucifix. Oh. So like, it actually is like a very holy symbol. It's a sign of humility, because when Peter was crucified, one of his disciples, he didn't want to be like Jesus and be crucified right side up. So to, to differentiate him, he asked to be crucified upside down. Oh. Oh, cool. So I feel bad because it is like such a big like horror movie trope. And I guess like it can be done out of out of disrespect too. But it's actually it's actually not not a bad symbol. Oh, who knew? I didn't. (laughs) Well, now, you know, now I know. Okay, well, then it's just three regular crucifixes that aren't upside down. (laughs) And mm, three crucifixes and four sprinklings of holy water that's what i'm gonna give it <laughs> that's such a weird metric i mean that's how i feel i don't know how to tell i don't know, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you i can't tell you i can't tell you how to feel <laughs> i shouldn't i shouldn't be policing your, your metrics is it a splash or is it like a four full vials mm, no just splashes not four full vials that'd be a lot that'd be like i fucking loved this movie kicking up i want to bathe in it but no just four sprinkles there's some some good looking horror movies coming up. Maybe we'll want to bathe in one of those. Yeah, I hope so. We also need to watch Conjuring Two. I know. I think it's on HBO, so I'll probably do that. Maybe while I'm um working on my my bathroom remodel, watch some scary stuff. Good plan. Good plan. That's what you should do when you're working on like mirrors and things like that, right? Oh yeah. Watch scary movies. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to think you're seeing stuff out of the corner of your eye. 
in the mirror. Definitely not a bad idea. Definitely hug a bunch of babies and um, demons that are masquerading as your dead daughter. I know. Well, I like it because Mark didn't see the movie, but today part of our bathroom remodels we're taking out like we have a one of those kind of like builder grade recessed medicine cabinet things and i took it out and we're about to cover it with drywall and mark was like should we put something in there and like seal it up like something spooky and i was like no no (laughs) no no absolutely not i i literally just saw a movie where this happened and nothing good could come of it also we don't have anything that scary I was like, maybe we can hide, like, a tiny penis in the wall or something. Like a little penis gummy. I would sig- you know what I- I suggest that you hide in there. What? You know what I think you should hide in there. Do I? It's something that's going to be a conduit for someone's spirit. Is it Fei-Fei? No. My- my beloved stuffed bear? No! Why do you think Fei-Fei's gonna be a (laughs) conduit for someone's spirit? Is that what you're gonna come back in? No, Mark, it really scares Mark. Oh. He thinks that it looks angry all the time, so he's worried that... It's possessed? It's something. Or a demon? Yeah. I think it would have killed one of us by now. <laughs> That's what I think. I think it's going to kill Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I've had it since I was a baby. Yeah, I've seen it on many a slumber party, and it <laughs> never tried to murder me, so I really think it's going to be fine. But I was going to say... I can't say it because in case she listens, but I don't think she would listen. But I don't know. You know. I don't know. We were looking at it last night. Okay, give me a second. We were looking at it last night. She's never getting it back. Oh, God. (laughs) That's what you should hide in there. Okay. I'm going to leave that cryptic because if this person is listening, I don't think that they have any idea that I have this one thing. Oh, yeah. Anyways, this has been a mean-spirited prank. You're welcome. Get it? Ah, so good. Mean-spirited. Not gonna lie, she definitely is not a nice person, so I don't care. Whatever, she's not listening. Nope. Um, Well, this has been a cryptic uh, little... Aside, you're welcome. Out of our episode. (laughs) Um, You can uh, please leave us some cool reviews. Follow us, subscribe on iTunes. Um, we're on Podbean. We've got a yeah, the YTube. YouTube. YouTube. Um, so that way, cause sometimes, you know, if you don't have iTunes, you can't listen at work or whatever. Sometimes it's just nice to be able to listen on YTube. And of course, we're on uh, Twitter if you ever want to shout at us or just follow it to like get updates when we do new episodes or if we're having any schedule changes or anything. It's a ghost emoji show, all one word. As is customary on the Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> so, and we've got a couple other podcasts. We're actually doing a recording session for our little RPG podcast that we're doing tomorrow. It's called RPG Friends Club. It's a like sci-fi Mass Effect tabletop thing that we're doing right now. Let's see, Becca's in another one. We like nerdy stuff, so that's kind of our other all our other brands. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, she's in one called Embrace Eternity, and they talk about like video games. Um, they're covering Game of Thrones and stuff right now while that's going on, even though I'm sad that it's already halfway almost done. Yeah. <laughs> but they do little good recaps of that. I think that's pretty much it. You still got your pins on sale. Got a couple left. Yep, yep. Did new pre-orders of Garrison Liara. There's the 
like all of the Garrus Black Nickel is sold out. Almost all of the Shepherd pens are sold out. I think I have 18 left. Uh, Liara is still, there's a lot. So if you want a Liara, you don't have to worry get about your, it. Get your blueberry girlfriend. Yep. Wife. Get that. Your space blueberry. That space wife <laughs> and space husband. This has been our episode. Uh, I think I said it last time. So if you want to take us out. All right. So that's it. We'll see you next time in our next episode. So until uh, then, stay spooky. Stay spooky.